0: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: Bradley Beal wanted to be in Washington. The Wizards said, if you love it, let it go. What's next for the professional basketball team in our nation's capital? Also, is Grady Dick worth a first-round pick? And why Damian Lillard will not be taking his talents to South Beach? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports you're locked on sports today. Searching all major sports
2: found. Let's start with the biggest story.
1: He was the franchise player, a player who wanted to be in D.C. Now he's going to be in the desert. Bradley Beal, now a member of the Phoenix Suns, and a deal for Landry Shamet, Chris Paul, and a bunch of stuff. The future of the Washington Wizards now in question, because the future of Chris Paul, Presumably, the centerpiece of this trade now in question as well. Brandon Scott from Locked On Wizards joins me now. And Brandon, if you're the Wizards, it it sounds like based on the reporting that the options were rebuild and trade Bradley Beal. If that's the if that's the path you want to go on, Beal was open to that possibility. Or, and it seemed like Beal's preference was, I want to stay in DC. This feels like a decision the organization made. Why? Well,
3: you know, there's a new sheriff in town. We got new management. You know, Tommy Shepherd is out. Uh, new president of basketball operations, Michael Winger's here and Will Dawkins, the general manager. So, you know, they, you, you know, what is the definition of insanity doing the same thing and expecting different results? Yeah. You know, with Bradley bill as the guy, the franchise player. And with the trio, the solid three, as me and my co called him of him, Chris and Kyle Kuzma, they only went so far. And with his contract, you just, it was hard to build around him and and still, you know, have a solid bench and, so it's just the writing was on the wall, you know, with the, with the trio together, they, you know, they missed the plan. So you got to ask yourself, what is the ceiling for that group? So I think that the fan base in DC, they want to rebuild. And from owner, you know, Ted Leonce looks at the writing in the wall and he's saying, look, you know, if this solid core can only take it so far, what are we doing? So
1: <laughs> I think this raises the question, uh, especially in what is going to be a 2024 draft that does not look nearly as good as this 2023 draft. Why wasn't this done a year ago? Why, why give Bradley Bill the Supermax and not figure this out a year sooner, aside from the fact that it took new uh, a, a new administration, as you said, to make this move?
3: Yeah, that is a very good question that a lot of us fans have been asking for many years, because in my humble opinion, we should have moved Bradley Bill the same year we moved Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. Mm. Uh, I believe at the time there was a rumored deal where the Golden State Warriors were offering the seventh pick, the 14th pick, Andrew Wiggins, and possibly James Wiseman. I personally thought that was a deal that could possibly speed up a rebuild, but you're absolutely correct. We delayed the inevitable for so many years. And then you wait till we sign him to a supermax contract that includes a no trade clause, which, by the way, he's the only player in the NBA that has that. So, yes, it's just so many questionable moves. And, and, you know, you can argue that, yeah, you're seeing the right moves by teleances by, you know, revamping the front office. But then, you know, the thought in the back of your head is you should have did this year ago, (laughs) you know, years ago. So,
1: yeah, you, you get credit for making the move. You don't get credit for waiting too long to make the move because it seems like that is the circumstance. Washington finds itself in now. Okay, that raises questions about the future. Let's start with Chris Paul because there are some reports now that that Washington does not have an appetite to um, keep Chris Paul, that in fact, he was essentially traded to be roster filler, salary filler in this case. And so wh- I guess why not? Why not see if you can get assets for Chris Paul? Oh, absolutely. You know, you
3: have to try to get as many assets as you can because- you know, it, we're going to a full rebuild. You know, the rally Bill was the first domino to fall. Now you're looking right. at, you know, a possible signing trade for Kyle Kuzma. You're looking at KP. If he opts in, you know, he could be a trade candidate. You know, there's been rumors of him maybe being flipped to Portland for the third pick. You know, this, it's questionable, but I would definitely welcome that. But, you know, you have to get as many answers as you can because in a full rebuild, yeah, we have a young cask. And, you know, Corey Kispert, Denny Avia, and Johnny Davis. But, you know, Denny Avia himself is on a contract deal. You know, this is a contract year for him, so... You're looking at two, maybe three guys as a young foundation. So you have to try to get as many assets as you can. And another you know, perspective to look at is, you know, now that we have cat relief, we can take on bad contracts because usually teams are going to attach a first round pick or picks to a bad deal. So, you know, we have a lot more flexibility now where before, you know, 72 hours ago, we were way down by a Supermax contract
1: and and someone like Johnny Davis who you mentioned has not proven he's an NBA player yet. I mean has has not has been borderline not one for for most of his rookie season. So for the Wizards, what is the right move with Kyle Kuzma and Kristaps Porzingis? It seems like those guys, at least in the case of Kuzma, Kuzma could be the kind of guy who fits into a lot of different situations. He's still relatively young. Is he someone who makes sense? Chris Haps Porzingis, if he, instead of opting in, says, I'd rather take the years and I'll do it for a little less money. like What do you, what do you think makes the most sense there with those two guys?
3: Well, you know, in the case of Chris Haps Porzingis, he is a fan favorite, you know, and I think a lot of people wouldn't be too mad. In, if in, a, in a hurry, be... short period of time. Oh, absolutely. Because, you know, he, like you said, you know, one and a half years, he's already solidified himself as a kind of a fan favorite. So I don't think a lot of people would be disappointed from a fan perspective if he stayed. But, you know, from a front office, you know, just start over from fresh, you know, at this point, you know, start, build a foundation, you know, try to get as many assets, you know, young players, expiring deals as you can. So it, while I am a personal fan of KP and Kuz, it's just the writings on the wall in DC, you know, it's just, it's time to start over from scratch.
1: Stay up to date all year on the Washington Wizards by subscribing to Locked on Sports today and Locked on Wizards on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, is Grady Dick worth a first-round pick? Before we answer that, our Locked On Hornets host has an answer for his team's indecision. Baseball season is in full swing, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's up to $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to join today. The Cincinnati Reds have a chance to match their longest winning streak this century and face the Colorado Rockies at Great American Ballpark. FanDuel likes their chances and has the Reds' money line minus 168. So don't miss your chance to snag a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball.
3: Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
1: The Charlotte Hornets are going back and forth as to who they want to pick number two overall. Locked on Hornets' Walker Mell knows which way they should go.
0: I'm Walker Mayo from the Locked On Hornets podcast, and I'm selecting where a lot of people think the draft actually starts. Will the Charlotte Hornets take Brandon Miller or Scoot Henderson number two? Well, in the Locked On NBA mock draft, the Charlotte Hornets take Scoot Henderson number two overall out of G League Ignite. I think he's one of the best guard prospects we've seen in quite some time, and I think he has all NBA potential. But people don't like him here in Charlotte because they don't like the fit between LaMelo Ball and Scoot Henderson in the backcourt. Not only am I not worried about that fit, I think it's actually... actually really good. They complement each other in so many different areas. LaMelo off ball. He shot 41% from threes on catch and shoot opportunities and 37% overall from threes just last season. Already one of the better shooters in the NBA. Plus scoot on ball provides great rim pressure. I like his PNR decision making. He's a good playmaker with a
1: tight handle. Which means the Portland Trailblazers decision is easy at number three. Although Damian Lillard, you may not like it.
4: With the third pick, the Portland Trail Blazers go Brandon Miller, somewhat reluctantly, quite frankly. Might be a two-way star that everyone covets in the league, but the Blazers are in a situation where they're trying to appease their star, so I tried to make a trade with... The Toronto Raptors, and it didn't quite work out in a package that I was comfortable with for Pascal Siakam. Same thing with contacting the Brooklyn Nets and interest in Mikael Bridges shopping this third overall pick. The Nets weren't particularly interested in, in shopping Mikael Bridges, even as part of a three team deal that netted them two first round picks from the Houston Rockets. So instead, take your medicine. Take a really good player at three. It's the best type of medicine as a really good teenager. The problem is that it's not what Damien Lord wants. In real life, taking this pick might have real repercussions, but in this world, I'll just talk to Dame right after this.
1: On the diamond, the Cincinnati Reds got Joey Votto back, and everything went according to plan as they won their ninth in a row. And now, get this, sit atop the NL Central. Joseph Daniel Votto. Bill Banks. What's up, this is Jeff Carr
0: from the Lockdown Reds Podcast. And the Cincinnati Reds have won nine games in a row. There is no more fun team in baseball than the Cincinnati Reds. The Colorado Rockies found that out tonight. There were solo home runs all over the place. Kevin Newman got us started off. You had a solo shot. I mean, that was a bomb from Nick Senzel. But Joey Botto owned the night. He comes back. Two hits. The go-ahead RBIs in the eighth inning, absolutely amazing stuff. They got a shot for the 10th win, the longest winning streak or tie this century for the Cincinnati Reds. If they win tomorrow night, we're going to be all over it on the next Locked On Reds podcast.
1: And the Houston Astros are searching for answers right now after getting walloped by the New York Mets.
2: It was a homecoming. There was joy. There were cheers, memories of 17 and 22. Justin Verlander was scanned his reign. This was going to be a great game. Hunter Brown, Justin Verlander 2.0, was going to show the Mets a thing or two. The Mets had other plans. After two no-hit innings by both pitchers, the Mets put up a five spot. And Francisco Lindor, who's batting 2.12, hit a home run. Vogelback had a home run. The Mets scored 11 runs. The Astros had one run, Yannir Diaz, the lone solo shot. Everything else just wasn't happening. This team is in a funk. This team has lost, what now, five games in a row after a sweep of the Reds, by the Reds. It's There's no end in sight right now. They are struggling. They put a rookie pitcher out on the mound later in the game. Sean Dubin gave up several runs. A tough outing. They got to come back and face Justin Verlander in game two.
1: Here is another story you need to know. Our Locked On NBA hosts put together the ultimate mock draft when each of our local hosts make picks for their teams. There are always controversial picks in the NBA draft and our Locked On Magic host made one that really drew the ire of our draft analysts. This is Philip Ross Wright, the host of Locked On Magic, and with the sixth pick in the 2023 Locked On NBA Mock Draft, Orlando Magic select Grady Dick. Now, there are a lot of upside plays here. When you're drafting six, you typically don't want to go for need. But the fact of the matter is, this Magic team needs shooting and they need shooting badly it is the biggest thing they need it's the biggest thing they need to support their young core Paolo Banchero and franz Wagner. and at this point with the magic where they are having won 34 games last year this orlando magic team needs to start positioning itself to win so yes you don't always want to draft solely on need but this need is pretty big and like last year where maybe we overthought some things come draft night it's time to make the simple choice the magic needs shooting
0: so take the best shooter in the draft and that very well could be Grady Dick. Ooh, some eyebrows raising over here. Mm, 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 Interesting selection. All right, before we get your guys' takes on this, our Locked on Thunder host, Rylan Stiles, is a big fan of the Grady Dick selection. Let's check out what's going on over in the war room. Grady Dick is amazing. He's more than a shooter, folks. Really? Great feel for the game. Really good rebounder. I think he can be a really good off ball defender too. Now, you're going to have to hide him in your team construct, but he can be a good off ball defender, high motor, always moving, can shoot off movement. I think he's going to be really good. Cerebral, hard hat, lunch pail guy, first guy in and out of the gym, real gym rat, scrappy, sneaky athlete. Coach's son. There you go. <laughs> he's played a lot of high level basketball. He played, you know, he was a Gatorade All American, Gatorade All Player of the Year, played in, in high level uh, high school circuits and then played at Kansas for Bill Self
1: and stuff. you've won cliche bingo You did it he hit all <laughs> all the hot button terms
0: <laughs> okay well we got some of
4: the positives uh, in regard to the selection
0: and what grady dick brings to the table but certainly some eyebrows raised the sixth pick much higher than he was projected it going i think there certainly is some higher level talent overall with some bigger potential left on the board was this the right choice for orlando rafael we'll start with you on one hand, I get it. They they definitely have a need for shooting. They were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league. I think they were 23rd in three-point shooting. So I, I, I get it. I think they could've got him at 11 if they really wanted to. Again, I'm, I'm sure Isaac probably agrees since we agree on a lot of things. I would've went with <laughs> Cam Whitmore because Cam Whitmore is, I think, uh, the better prospect. I think he has the higher upside. And he shot 40% off the catch this year. He ranked in the top 84% in college basketball and shooting off the catch. So you get your shooting, athleticism. I mean, I just think you get more with Cam Whitmore. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, the shooting is there. It's unquestionable. The swagger is there. Like not only obviously there have been jokes made all year about his name, but Grady Dick brings it on the court. Like he knows he's the dude and he walks around like it. Kansas this past year needed either he or Jalen Wilson to go Or they didn't go as a team because the rest of their their starters were guys that are really strong defenders but not just walking buckets like grady dick is and so at the collegiate level he was athletic enough to do what he needed to do but it's very average level nba athleticism in my opinion rafael you can tell me if i'm wrong on that here's what's missed about Grady Dick is he has great positional size. We're going to talk about Jairus Walker. I'm sure he's coming off the board soon here. Grady Dick is only a quarter inch shorter than Jairus Walker. And so those kind of things uh, can get missed. Uh, As was said in the war room, you're going to have to find ways to kind of hide him defensively, because if I'm if I'm an opposing
1: coach, top of my scouting report. All right, who's Grady Dick Garden? Cool. Give him the ball. Let's go. Catch every pick of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft by subscribing to Locked on NBA on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up, don't expect game time to be happening in South Beach next season. Damian Lillard wants out of Portland. Maybe. Or maybe he wants to stay. Which means if he's going to go somewhere, there's got to be a powerful draw to get there. The Miami Heat seem like a natural pairing. They
5: need the star power.
1: Not so fast, says
5: Locked On NBA host Matt Moore and David Rimmel. Now, when it comes to Lillard, we've heard that Bam Adebayo, who has a close relationship with Dave Lillard, that uh, Jimmy Butler, both of them have been heavily, quote-unquote, recruiting Dame to see if he'll force their hand a little bit. So that might put pressure on the Blazers as well. I just don't see any of it really happening. Like, And this isn't a knock on Miami's front office, and I know a lot of Heat fans and maybe NBA fans in general will see it. They do what they can to acquire superstars when they're available. But if they're already under contract, there's only so much you can do, especially if they don't go out of their way to request a trade to said organization. And that's what we see happening with Portland. I, I don't have any problem with Lillard not forcing Portland's hand. I, you know, he he's talked about it before. You and I have talked about it. We're never sure exactly about what players prioritize, especially late in their career. But when you look at all the individual accolades and everything else, like Dame Lillard's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And he, he wants to be happy and he wants to win. There's no doubt about that. And he also wants to win in Portland because he feels a close connection to the organization, the people there, the fans, the the front office, the organization. I mean, everything involved in and in, and blazerdom is something that Lillard has grown to embody to connect with. And if he wants to stay there and win, I don't have a problem with that.
1: Sometimes we underestimate the value of building something. And Damian Lillard has built a culture in Portland, or at the very least, he sets the culture. He is the Portland Trailblazers, a guy who is making a push if he's not already the best player in team history. Understanding... And all due respect to the greats that have come before him. The best modern player. Maybe the best player since Bill Walton. Let's do that. So why leave? Heat culture is all the rage. They just went to the NBA Finals. And Dame culture hasn't even made it to the NBA Finals. But still, the big part of the appeal of going to play in Miami is heat culture. And then, of course, getting to play In South Beach. But Damian Lillard has built something in Portland, wants to be in Portland, wants them to want to win in Portland. When you are the culture setter, going somewhere where everything else, the culture is already set, everything else dictates that piece, that thing that you are as good as any player in the NBA at doing. I just don't know why you'd wanna to go to that place rather than try and win where you are. Pick somewhere, if you're gonna go, pick somewhere that needs the thing that you do. In addition to the scoring and the assists and the shooting and, and the star power. He needs to go, if he's gonna go somewhere that needs to be where he is the linchpin piece to push that culture over the top. That is not Miami. And finally, Luis Arias is hard to get out. Just ask the Toronto Blue Jays. He went five for five on Monday night and elevated his batting average back above 400. He's just the fourth player ever with three five-hit games in a calendar month. The other three are Hall of Famers, George Sisler, Ty Cobb, and Dave Winfield. Arias is chasing insane history. If he can do this, And keep it up, as no player is at a batting average of 400 or above for an entire season since Ted Williams did it for the Boston Red Sox in 1941. He hit 406. He's in the rarest of company with his performance this year. I think he was with the Minnesota Twins last year. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up tomorrow, who will be the fourth pick in a three-player NBA draft? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.